You know, who cares if we have too many of them, man? You can never have too many Patreon well, actually, subscribers. I, yeah, fair enough. Um, Good point. At patreon.com slash talkfilmsociety. Um, everybody at TFS is very good to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and having that Patreon money just really helps us keep the shows afloat. Uh, lots of shows, not just ours, better shows. Yeah. Um, let, our, let us be the gateway into the better shows that you find. Yeah. <laughs> We're cool with that. Yeah. We're cool with being the, the gateway, gateway drug. <laughs> um, you know, you find Steven Destroy, you know, maybe your older brother's listening to it and he yeah. leaves the room and leaves it on and you go and you just take a quick listen, you know. Yeah. Uh, you hear an IMDb trivia and you're hooked. And then, you know, next thing you know. I know that's what happened to me. Next thing you know, you're doing a, a bunch of lines of uh, Queer and Now hit TFS podcast. Yeah, probably um, my favorite on the, on the network. And just so many other good ones. And um, we also have an email. The email is stevendestroypodcast at gmail.com. And uh, feel free to shoot us an email with whatever you want in it, as long as it's nothing, you know, you know. You know. Um, and, of course, those iTunes reviews. We eat them up like candy. We sure do. Um, the five-star ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, they got rid of all the other buttons, so they only let you do the five stars. Um, but if you leave a five-star review and then send us a uh, monetary donation through Patreon and include in that note that that was supposed to be a five-star review, then we'll, you know, know. And we'll take that into account. Um, thank you guys for listening. It's okay if you like the movies. Yeah, enjoy. I, you know, enjoy. Why don't you take your lively chubby ass and get the fuck off my car? I'm starting to get scared. I'm starting to get scared. Get the fuck out of here. We have a problem. Steven started ad-libbing. I guess that means I won't get to see you go through puberty. I will snatch every motherfucker. It's our peanut eating ASMR. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Steven Destroy, the <laughs> podcast where we watch every Steven Seagal movie so you don't have to. I'm James. And I'm Dylan. And this week we are talking about Under Siege. 1992's Under Siege. Directed by one. Andrew Davis. It's Not our first time with him, right? Right, yeah, it's a, our big Andrew Davis reunion special. Him yeah. and Steve worked on Steve's first movie, Above the Law. Yeah. And it uh, kind of feels like it. Yeah, yeah you notice uh, some some uh, familiarity here with uh, with Andrew and, and Steven Seagal. Yeah, I'm still working the peanuts out of my mouth. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. This is, uh, this is our, our peanut-themed episode. Yeah. Week. All right. Uh, but before we get into any of that, uh, it's time for another installment of our classic uh, segment. A renowned segment, really. Yeah. The Stephen Destroying the Grouper update. I, uh, last week, you expressed uh, a sentiment that you enjoyed the theme song I created so much that you wouldn't watch McGruber. Uh-huh. Uh, as an excuse to continue the bit. So <laughs> I, uh, I I updated the theme song. Oh, great. To where okay. uh, it we shouldn't have that problem. <laughs> we'll see about all that. Okay, it's the Steven Destroy McGruber update. Steven Destroy McGruber update. 
Did Dylan watch MacGruber? The MacGruber update. Checking in on if Dylan watched the movie. Did Dylan watch MacGruber? Checking in on if Dylan watched the movie. Nah, I didn't watch it this week. All right. Well, that's been the Steven Destroy McGruber update. Uh, I'm not playing it again. But Oh, all right. Well, no, it's too long. <laughs> so now we care about if, whether the theme songs are too long. Well, the bit is that it's too long, but like playing it twice, it's a little much. I have to play it three times for the rule of threes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very important. All right, let's just get into Under Siege. Um, I'm it. tired. I worked today. I clocked out, and then the beauty of work from home is you can clock out and then go right into doing your Steven Seagal podcast. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if I'm even ready. Might have to do this one standing up just mm. to get pumped and primed. Yeah, well, um, we have a uh, an interesting, uh, interesting episode this week. Is this is generally regarded as the best steven seagal movie yeah this is the one people like yeah and so i guess i guess this is a good way to kick off the whole actually talking about the movie segment did you james barrett like under siege oof you're putting it on me first yeah you get to go we first always you know i like this little dance we do where it's yeah. like we're gonna try to feel out how the old feels about it last week with roseanne we didn't have to worry about it yep but uh <laughs> I, I did not like Under Siege. Did not like Under Siege. No. Laying down the hammer on Under Siege this week. Was Did you like Under Siege? I, you know, it was all right. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's more accurate. Is It's not like I actively like disliked Under Siege. But the thing for me is it reminded me a lot of Above the Law because it is kind of, for the most part, pretty straightforward it's easily without question like the most mainstream steven seagal movie that we have seen so far yeah um the thing for me is it was pretty it was a little too straightforward (laughs) and it was kind of like just boring it it wasn't good enough to just be good and we've watched so much crazy steven seagal nonsense that i i was kind of like wishing for it to be a little bit crazier yeah, I think that in this movie, for better or for worse, and we'll, we'll kind of get into that, for better or for worse, this is Steven Seagal at his most boring. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I've said when we did Out for Justice that it was kind of a toned down Steven because he didn't snap anybody's neck with his hand and we didn't get as many like just nonsense goofy lines. But this right. is really, it's like, they gave Steven a bunch of horse tranquilizers and just sort of <laughs> made him go. Well, I think that maybe the reason people think that this is the best Steven Seagal movie, um, which I might agree with them on. like I, uh, I, I kind of would. I mean, I, I said I didn't like it. I'm not saying it's bad, but I, I just, I don't know. I get more out of watching like a nonsense out for justice or marked for death 
than yeah. I did out of like this generic action movie, not good enough to be anything more than just generic and bland. And yeah, well, I guess that's sort of my point is like for people who maybe aren't like us and like don't really care about uh, watching Steven Seagal be a fucking maniac. Um, I understand maybe why this why people see this as the best one, just in in the sense that like Steven Seagal like doesn't ruin the movie. He's by yeah. He's, he's like, also <laughs> barely in the movie. Barely, barely in it. This he is. I would argue he is not the main character <laughs> of this movie. Um, in, in terms of certainly in terms of screen time, mm-hmm. um, I think that uh, I feel like I came out of this movie knowing a lot more about Tommy Lee Jones's character or caring a little bit more even about his arc than Steven Seagal's. Well, yeah, well, Steven doesn't have an arc, he but, really doesn't. Yeah. but, uh, I, I, I looked up one of the, like the things that you know, just any sort of basic research into this movie. One thing that comes up a lot is Steven's screen time. And I, I want you to guess to how many minutes and the movie is about 104 minutes. I pulled that number off the top of my head and I was at 103. I was so close. That's yeah. terrifying. Uh, but so it's 103 minutes, our longest movie yet. The first one yeah. that crossed that 100 minute mark. And mm-hmm. it was fine. I didn't mind it too much. Yeah. But how many minutes do you think Steven had uh, on screen total? What do, you, what do you think Steven's total screen time was? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to guess I have 104 minutes that he's in... 52 of them close Four, 41 41 41 okay. i thought i was lowballing it because i was thinking about saying like 49 i was like there's no way he's only in 49 minutes yeah no he's in very yeah, little in the movie yeah um, and i think which, that there's a direct correlation between that and it being regarded as his best movie yeah absolutely without a question yeah um yeah, I, I, he's just like not around long enough to become like as unlikable as he is in uh, every other movie we've seen. Well, so I don't far. know. If, well, I guess you're saying <laughs> as unlikable. He yeah. definitely is not likable. It is nuts. There, you really don't get anything more from him here than you do in any of these other movies. Yeah. In terms of him being like charismatic and likable, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of feel like what we're gonna see is that this was his last, his last real like shot they gave him a shot at like a real action movie yeah and he blew it even with yeah. 41 minutes but yeah and 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 probably why he starts making his own movies um is because there's you know his minutes are just going to get dialed back more and more if he tries to stay in in mainstream movies at this point yeah well I, there's there's another very good correlation between his uh the movies he's been in that have been wide releases and his amount of screen time after like let's i think it's like four or five movies left before we start hitting direct video yeah and after that it's there's a definitely a correlation there but let's let's dig into under siege let's talk about it yeah, i got some tea I got some tea that's gonna it's gonna boost me up, but the thing is, is Under Siege is just such a low like stakes. I mean, I guess it's not literally low stakes at all, but it yeah. feels very low stakes. It felt very bland to me. I, I really would I, I like rather watch like Marked for Death or uh, Out for Justice. 
Maybe yeah. above the law, maybe not. It's pretty on par with above the law, and at least this is definitely a movie. And I will say, Tommy Lee Jones is fantastic at it. Yeah, Tommy and Lee Jones is great. I did. I really enjoyed basically any time he was on screen. And yeah. Luckily, there's more of him than Steven. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it feels like significantly more Tommy Lee Jones than Steven. I'm sure that it is. I'm sure it is significantly more. Yeah. Um, and Gary Busey's pretty good in this movie as well. Yeah, it, it's right on the line where you start to see like Gary Busey really is crazy. There's yeah. like his, his character is supposed to be kind of a nut, but there are these moments, especially like if you just know like Gary Busey never was super great. <laughs> like he, right. he, I, I, he, at his prime, I don't think of him as a bad actor, but there are these moments where he slips into crazy where it's a little too easy for him, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, uh, Gary, you want to take a step back from him? Yeah. All right. So we we're we're, we're uh, under siege. Okay, we get into the boat, the USS Missouri, and the whole like opening is just this like kind of exposition dump about the boat. It's this big fucking boat, uh, looking like the Imperial starship, looking like the opening of uh, New Hope. This yeah. giant ass boat moving across the screen. Uh, we don't know. Well, do you, do you know anything about boats? I know you like boats. Do you know you know boat terms? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not too uh, keen on on boat terms. I'm, I'm more just appreciate uh, you know looking at a good boat. Yeah, I don't potentially I, in painting form. I don't know like any boat terms, so I feel like we're gonna be uh, messing that up. Yeah. But so we got we're on the USS Missouri. It's uh like a, a warship that I guess is being decommissioned to celebrate the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. Maybe celebrate's not the right word, yeah, but commemorate. Uh, commemorate, yeah, to commemorate Pearl Harbor. And yeah. uh, on this boat, we got Steven and what I think is his most bizarre role yet. So far, we've had straight cops or yeah. DEA agents. And uh, we have Steven as a chef. Yeah. Chef Steve. Uh, yeah, we got Chef Steve. Casey Ryback. Ryback. Pretty good Steven name. Yeah. And there's this whole thing about how uh, Steven refuses to wear his dress uniform. He, he will only dress casually in his chef outfit, even though the president is coming. Yeah. George H.W. Bush coming yeah, Bush, to... Bush is on his way. Yeah, but Steve's not dressing up. And... Uh, most of the beginning of this movie is pretty nonsense, just table setting. I don't even really... I guess the the point of the whole beginning where they make a big deal about how they're decommissioning the weapons is to, like, set up the fact that... <laughs> I, don't really, I don't really know, but later on in the movie, they try and use the boat weapons to destroy a submarine, and they have a hard time with that, and it's kind of like part of the climax is them getting the weapons all set up. And I guess that is the reason for all of this. I, I really don't know, yeah. but they just make a big deal about how the USS Missouri is about to get decommissioned and Steve's meeting with the captain. And I, I, I did like in this scene, there's a good exchange where the captain's talking to Steven about how he should wear his dress uniform for the president. And Steven's like, I can't, you know, sit around to do this. I got 50 gallons of bouillet base to prepare for tomorrow. And the captain's like, ah, yes, it's my birthday tomorrow. <laughs> and Stephen, Stephen says, I could do the cheeseburger routine. <laughs> the classic cheeseburger routine. Yeah, which I, 
I guess there's two ways to take that. One is he could routinely make cheeseburgers. Yeah. And then two is that he's doing some Benihana shit with cheeseburgers for like the entire boatload of Navy soldiers. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I think the captain says like, you know, the crew loves it. You know, when he does the cheeseburger routine. <laughs> the crew lo- does love the cheeseburger routine. <laughs> yeah. They're big fans. Oh, clapping for him. He's flipping burger patties into his mouth hole. Oh shit. Steve's doing the cheeseburger routine. Scrambling um, down, scrambling yeah. down the deck, the poop deck. There is a good uh, exchange also during this scene that kind of kind of ties in with stuff later in the movie where uh, Gary Busey is sitting right there. Uh, Commander Krill. Krill. I I guess he becomes commander when they when they mutiny the ship and stuff. I guess. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, Spoiler alert. Something goes (laughs) down. Yeah. By the way, guys, uh, uh, first time listeners, spoiler alerts on uh, on the whole movie. Well, the whole point of the the show (laughs) is we're watching these so nobody else is gonna. Yeah, it's true. So the spoilers shouldn't apply. That's true. No spoiler applied uh, here. Yeah. uh, Spoilers don't apply. Yeah. Spoiler free. You remember uh, the rules don't apply? That movie from like three Um, years ago. No, are we going to do a whole bit about how I need to watch that movie? <laughs> no, because I'm the MacGruber, it's barely a bit. You really do need to watch MacGruber. There's another thing in here that I'm like, holy shit, that's like a, MacGruber's referencing this too. And I'm starting to think MacGruber as a whole movie is not an action movie parody, but a Steven Seagal parody specifically. Yeah. Uh, but I unironically, 100% genuinely, you really need to watch MacGruber. Yeah, well, I think maybe after I see every Steven Seagal movie, I'll have to watch MacGruber so that I can know everything it's referencing. Well, we'll see. Yeah. All right. But as I was saying, yeah. the, uh, the captain makes some sort of a... The first captain, the real captain, uh-huh. uh, makes some sort of a comment about how, like, Steven is so decorated that, you know, if he had all of Steven's, uh, you know, decorations and stuff, that he'd, he'd wear his suit to bed. And uh, this is important because Gary Busey seems to have absolutely no concept of an idea that Steven has any kind of abilities beyond cooking food. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that confused me, too. I, yeah. Because <laughs> when, when it's revealed later on, they find out that Steven was not a, a, a simple chef, but in fact an ex-Navy SEAL. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be a twist for the audience, because this line makes it very clear and everything he's doing makes it very clear. And Gary Busey, when he, uh, when they eventually lock Steven in the freezer, Gary Busey makes a really big deal to the guard about how dangerous Steven's call is. <laughs> yeah. I so, forgot about that. Yeah. Too. I was no. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. When that comes up and is like a huge shock to Gary Busey, I was so confused. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Gary Busey's, pretty crazy so like you know it, maybe, maybe we can maybe we can pile something together here where gary Busey just forgot but uh <laughs> but realistically yeah it's it's um kind of uh you know I, I don't i don't like to to cinema sins a movie right now but they did kind of they did kind of just leave this this kind of thing here where it's where it, all of the evidence is there the whole movie that Gary Busey knows how dangerous Steven Seagal is. Yeah. And he seems to have no idea about it. Well, he's just, <laughs> yeah, he's just very dumb. Yeah. But evidently. Uh, Gary Busey also already just hates Steven's guts. Hates him. For, for seemingly no reason. Yeah. And that also is part of it. Like, if he knows that Steven's, like, a huge badass and could do, like, 
you know, probably have Gary Busey's job, but instead he's satisfied to be a chef and that like pisses Gary Busey off because he's power hungry. I kind of get all of that, mm-hmm. but that's not the movie. That's just not what the character is. He just hates Steven for no reason. Yeah. Cause it's, uh, it's not as if Steven could have his job and doesn't want to. I think that it's mentioned at some point that Steven's not allowed to have his job. Like, I think at some point it's like, oh, he could only do this oh, or be yeah. a cook. Well, yeah, so, but Gary Busey doesn't know that. That's right. That's, that's he doesn't know that he ever was a SEAL. Yeah, but he, doesn't, he doesn't know anything. <laughs> doesn't know anything. <laughs> Gary Busey's very dumb in this movie. Yeah, he's got Alzheimer's. Yeah, uh, very dumb in this movie, but uh, exceedingly cruel in this movie as well. Um, yeah. But we'll, we'll also get to that. Well... So they're making a big deal about how it's going to be the captain's birthday tomorrow, and they're flying in a Playboy model. Miss uh, July. Miss July, 1989, played by, uh, I'm going to mess up her name, Erica Alaniac? Alaniac? Erica Alaniac? That seems right. That's Jordan Tate. And uh, one thing is uh, Erica Alaniac was Miss July, 1989. Oh, but yet does not play herself. Instead plays fictional uh, Miss July 1989, Jordan Tate. Hmm. Uh, a, a weird little twist that I don't really understand. But Yeah, that's, that's peculiar. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, we get, you know, they bring up Miss July's coming in. And then we get this whole, like, the first real conflict between Stephen and Gary Busey, which is that Stephen is going to cook for the captain's birthday. He's going to do the bouillet base as opposed to the cheeseburger routine. But Gary Busey doesn't want him to cook. Gary Busey's very adamant that Stephen, or that they're going to fly in food on a helicopter for the captain, and Stephen is not supposed to cook for the captain's birthday. Yeah. And and it's because uh, that getting everybody up on like the same deck for the birthday party is part of his plan. But Steven's so adamant that he is going to cook that they, like, get in a physical fight. Yeah. He just um, punches Gary Busey in the fucking face. Oh, well, what it is is Gary Busey hocks a loogie in Steven's soup. Right. And that's what pushes him over the edge. Yeah. And so then Gary gets, um, he locks Steven up in the freezer. He calls him a slur. Yes, he sure does. He calls him a slur and then puts him in the freezer and has one of his, like, this, like, young kid... That's like in his posse, I guess. Yeah. Uh, guard the fridge, the freezer, the meat locker. Yeah. And he tells the kid uh, that Stevens an extreme psychopath. He hates officers. He hates America, and then gives this kid permission to shoot Steven in the head if he tries to leave the meat locker. And uh, it's good stuff. It is good stuff. And then we get to this helicopter that's coming in for the party. And uh, on the helicopter, we got our Playboy model. We got uh, Cole Meany, who's the dude that you uh, would recognize, but not sure you know where from. Sure. And then yeah. Tommy Lee Jones in this weird, like, Axl Rose sort of getup. Yeah, and so this is a thing that I actually specifically really like about the movie. Um, uh, or that was specific to, to maybe to me watching it um, and maybe other people have experienced this if they've seen Under Siege but like when when they showed Tommy Lee Jones like being like a like a blues singer and like a rock star and me not you know I, w- I was actually ca- caught quite off guard when when Busey and Tommy Lee Jones started fucking shooting people and it uh, it was pretty wild but wait when, what do you mean 
wait, wait, what, what do I mean? <laughs> like, you didn't realize that they were bad guys? I didn't realize that Tommy Lee Jones was a bad guy, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, but this is all, all, all to say that Tommy Lee Jones as, like, a blues singer, I remember, I, like, wrote down, I was like, like this is fucking weird, man. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, I remember thinking, like, it's very strange. I don't know why Tommy Lee Jones is a blues singer. I don't get it. <laughs> And then it made a lot more sense uh, when when he started shooting people. But yeah. uh, for the moment where he was just a blues singer, I was like, I, I like, I, I hate to say this, but Tommy Lee Jones, man, but I think they kind of miscast him in this movie, <laughs> and and how wrong I was. <laughs> well, so I when I first saw him in that, like, I mean, he really does look like he's like supposed to be dressed like Axl Rose. Yeah. And when I first saw him in that, I thought that the band was gonna be like a Guns N' Roses style, like an eighties, you know, hair metal kind of thing. Yeah. And I was relieved when it was just a blues band. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, this is much more something that Tommy Lee Jones should be doing. Yeah. Because it fit more than what I expected. But it is still kind of weird. I definitely knew going in that he was the bad guy. One, just because I think that was just something that I knew, you know, just yeah. picked up somewhere along the way. And then Gary Busey, it's pretty obvious pretty early on is going to be a bad guy. Yeah. Just because I, he's so antagonistic to Steven. Yeah. Um, he's so antagonistic to Steven, but I, I don't think I realized that he was going to be like like absolutely fucking insane uh for the whole wow. for the movie yeah. <laughs> but again it's scary because me i should have realized but um but uh i was like yeah i guess like he and steven are gonna butt heads you know they're all soldiers or something i don't know yeah because um, i'm so used to steven having like you know there's some like group or something that he has to go fight you know there's there's some sort of gang or possibly <laughs> steven seagal has to has to fight you know like mark for death or something and so um yeah i was a little bit caught off guard when you know yeah when the shit goes down shit goes down but yeah so we get this whole scene where more or less you know tommy lee jones is in this blues band bad billy and the bail jumpers and um it's the party for the captain and there's uh the play the playboy model jordan tate that he gives her like uh what's supposed to be something to settle her stomach because she's seasick and then she's gonna jump out of the cake like literally jump out of a cake and uh while all of this is being set up it just kind of cuts between all these like random little like vignettes of steven locked in the freezer trying to get out (laughs) and it's just scene after scene of him yelling at the dude uh he at one point he's just like go get my pies out of the oven and then we cut away and then we cut back and he's like go tell the captain he's spitting my soup and then we cut away and we cut back (laughs) those sounded uh, like gunshots up there yeah uh, because tommy lee jones is on stage and he asks for the highest ranking officer to stand up and then like once he does he shoots the dude and then uh gary Busey goes to see the captain and uh he shoots the captain yeah. And that's kind of when it's revealed that Gary Busey and Tommy Lee Jones are all bad guys and they're hijacking the boat. They're in coots. Uh, the goofy guy from Above the Law is back. Uh, the, the goofy police captain in Above the Law who's really bad at acting because yeah. <laughs> he's a real cop that Andrew Davis likes to work with. He's back for a moment. I was very excited. Yeah, but he's great. not really in the movie for very long. Indeed he isn't. It's an unfortunate, unfortunate thing. Yeah, we skipped over at the party. Gary Busey dresses up in drag for some reason. I guess they're trying to make him seem crazy. I don't 
don't know. It's another just sort of weird, weird decision. Yeah. Yeah, very strange part of uh, of, of that whole sequence, for sure. Yeah. And, I mean, the movie's pretty straightforward. Steven, you know, he's locked up, and eventually he, he gets out, and he, he saves the day. <laughs> I'm not trying to, like, just say, okay, we're done talking about Under Siege. But I feel like if we just go through every, you know, yeah. beat by beat, it's going to get pretty rote, because it's... It reminds me of the Above the Law, because it's so packed with, like things happening not necessarily plot but just yeah. events yeah like i i feel i feel like i understood the plot much better than above the law but yeah. just going beat by beat by all the nonsense is going to be pretty exhausting yeah i mean there's really there's only but so many things that are like notable uh, you know yeah like, like the next hour of the movie <laughs> yeah because because basically i mean they're gonna try and steal the weapons that are on the ship before they get decommissioned and they're gonna sell them and steven gets out because the guy who is guarding him some of the bad guys come and they kill him but steven being steven seagal you know he's able to evade him hides in the ceiling and escapes him and then uh there's this like little sneaky fight around Steven's kitchen and he gets one dude, he like throws a knife. He has like a little throwing knife, Yep. which I, I guess that's the knife that he threw into, there's like a wooden log on the wall and Steven throws a knife into it earlier in the movie when he's just being a chef. Yeah. And I guess it's revealed later that that was a throwing knife. Yeah. Where they're just uh, guys being dudes in the kitchen. Yeah, it's a, good, and he's, it's a good dance party with Steven Seagal involved in the early part of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Steven does a little does a little jig. He does a little jig. Yeah, and uh, he sta- he throws that knife in that one dude's neck and then kills the other dude. Don't even remember how. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter. He kills a lot of people in this movie. Yeah, and he um, makes like a Molotov cocktail and puts it in the microwave. Yeah, and. That is just forgotten about for like thirty minutes. Yeah, and it uh, conveniently just pops off as soon as the the bad guys go down into that room later in the movie. Tommy yeah. Jones and Gary Busey and a few of the henchmen go down there. Yeah, and then we get like a little montage of Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Busey. They're taking control. It's set to a we get Voodoo Child. It sure is. Which was an interesting sort of choice. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of the Beastie Boys thing from Out for Justice. Yeah, it was just bit. it was just a little odd. It was it was it's too good a needle drop for this kind of movie. Yeah, <laughs> especially when nothing happens. It's literally just them like walking around the boat, and then it ends. Yep. And then uh, we get introduced to just some more nonsense in this movie. This like war room. Yeah, which is pretty much you know, really the rest of the movie. It's just like Steven slowly but surely approaching the war room and Gary Busey and uh, Tommy Lee Jones uh, threatening millions of people from the control room. Yeah, well, I was talking about like the government war room. Oh, that Like that Doctor Strange love shit. Yeah, the Doctor Strange love room, yeah. Yeah, but there is also like the war room on the boat where... Busey and Tommy Lee Jones are all hidden away. But yeah, we get this war room shit with these government officials that are all talking about what they're going to do. And it's just nonsense. It was easily uh, so hard for me. Easily so hard for me. Yeah. (laughs) It was very hard for me not to just check out during that. I... The whole thing about Under Siege for me is that it was just... I felt kind of boring. And it was pretty exhausting. Um, 
Which marked honestly, her death. It's like almost an endorsement of a Steven Seagal movie.H uh, it's like, well, it's kind of boring. Like there's nothing like like I don't know. I would it. call out for uh, hard to kill. I would call hard to kill boring. And it's I still think the worst movie we've watched so far. That's true. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> movie. Movie. But yeah. Yeah, we get this war room and they get in touch with Tommy Lee Jones, or Tommy Lee Jones gets in touch with them somehow he just like dials the war room phone number yeah and uh they fi- you find out that he's like an ex-cia agent that they tried to like you know erase they tried to try to take him out because they uh what was it Oper- they they canceled operation cleopatra and it meant right. that they then had to like kill tommy lee jones had to cut out the loose ends <laughs> yeah and, and he goes he's mm. so he's so mad about this <laughs> Um, that he is going to to nuke Hawaii. Well, nuking Hawaii is his like last ditch plan. That's yeah. not part of his whole plan. Right, right oh, now he's they, he's like they're selling a lot of the shit. Right. Yeah. Like, right now right. his plan is he's just going to steal these weapons and sell them. That's his way of getting back at them for trying to kill him. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm not saying this movie has to have like a good reason for him to be doing this, but literally just having Tommy Lee Jones be like a terrorist who's just like wants to make some money <laughs> that's yeah. a reason that that's a better reason that's a better like villain origin than this weird thing about them being an ex-cia guy that they tried to kill yeah and he goes on this whole rant about how he, he missed the 60s i guess because he was in war or like too busy doing intelligence work and then like the implication he was just he is he was just pretending the whole time yeah and uh, then we get Steven running into Jordan Tate because he bumps into the cake and she uh, she jumps out of the cake. And this moment made me very sad. Yeah. Not 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 to like uh, hmm. not to <laughs> <laughs> not to like try and denigrate her for, you know, being like a, a sex worker or whatever. Like, that's totally cool. But. The fact that she like somebody bumps into this cake and she jumps out and is like taking off her clothes with her eyes shut, just going through these motions when there's been gunfire and there's just blatantly nobody there and it's like second nature to her and she's not even present in the moment, just made it feel very dark to me. Yeah, it was it was very uh, it, it it was an odd scene like and it, 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 it she started and I, I was like what the fuck's going on there's like bodies everywhere yeah i know and it's supposedly just because she has her eyes shut and they say later that she like passed out but i guess the idea is she passed out and then woke up in the cake and is just like cool with that uh um, it's also rough because she takes off her shirt and it was just i was like okay guys it's we don't need to do this and it was extra rough because steven skull's there and he just makes me nervous yeah like he he starts talking to her as soon as he bumps into her and he's like points a gun at her and he's like come here and he like starts reaching towards her and the camera's so it's like an over the shoulder on steven but we're so close to her that it's like he's reaching toward the camera but we know he's reaching at her and then it cuts away and it it was some terrifying shit (laughs) i i uh like rewound it just to watch it again to make sure that i wasn't like hallucinating it was it's very unsettling it's very unsettling the way he's like reaching towards her 
And I will say right now, another victory, no, no sex. Yep. Uh, big win. Big win. They, they do end up together in a very <laughs> bizarre twist, Yeah. but Incredible. no sex. And I, I, I would have bet anything that there would have been sex in this movie. Yeah. It just seemed like it. It just seemed like the type of movie where it would happen. But we are once again saved. And um, basically, she explains, like, or he, she explains the plot of the movie to Steven, more or less. She doesn't, I guess she doesn't know that everybody took over, but she explains, like, how her and Tommy Lee Jones and everybody came over on the boat, and then Steven puts it all together, and that's our moment where we're like, okay, guys, this is the plot of the movie. Yeah. This is what's happening, everybody. Because caught up so far. <laughs> and, uh... She she asks Steven like who he is and he's like I'm the chef. She's like you're just a cook. And then there's this weird moment where he's like yeah, just a lowly lowly cook. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some uh some weird like degradation kink shit. Yeah. Uh it one thing about this movie and this scene actually uh, both reminded me about it and was, I, I think, when it first really hit, is it feels like two different movies. It feels like a legitimate kind of 90s like thriller, and then it feels like half a Steven Seagal movie. Yeah. And it never really meshes, because everything else in the movie is so like standard and normal, and then Steven's lines are like traditional Steven lines, and they're weird, and they don't—they like don't make sense. They're like things nobody else in real life or any other actor would say. Yeah, it's um, it it, it ne- yeah, it never feels right. It, it's like, and, and yeah, I, it feels like I've just watched two different movies because, uh-huh. like, you know, like Tony Jones really good in this, and um. He's like a lot of fun to watch in this movie. This movie is boring in a lot of ways, but Tommy Lee Jones is not one of them. Yeah, I would definitely say basically any moment he's not on screen, it's boring. Yeah. Even, but when he's on Gary screen, Busey, it's good. Even when it's well, just Gary Busey scenes, like they're really not like that good. I mean, there's not too yeah. many just Gary Busey scenes, but um, or, you yeah, know, he's like the lead man of the scene or anything. But Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean... The um again, like the whole thing is is like so much nonsense. So so little happens in this movie. Yeah, I think that's the, like as we talk about it more, we're gonna realize just very little stuff actually happens in here. Do you do you want to like kind of keep walking straight through it, or you want to jump around a little bit more, get into some of like the stuff that happens? Yeah, I think we should just kind of do some of the stuff that happens. There there were like a couple of things that were you know somewhat maybe somewhat interesting to talk about but just like you know steven's creeps through a hallway and shoots somebody in the neck it's not it's not going to be too productive yeah and then like he's only in 41 minutes and like every other minute is just people being like oh my god these they stole they stole a boat yeah, like, what, oh what are we gonna do about this boat like wait are you trying to tell me that the cook is still alive um <laughs> so there's a whole lot of that yeah and uh Steven tried to convince this Playboy model that it's like she should kill people. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole good uh, plot point. I, yeah. Which, um, you know, I think given the situation, Steven might not be wrong. <laughs> well, no, I, I agree. It's just, again, the way the movie handles it. Yeah, is she's, she's, she's like, two rules. I don't date musicians, and I don't kill people. 
Yeah, that made me and very sad. This that made me lose my shot with uh, Miss July 1989. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I know. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It was a tough it made, for me. It made me lose my shot because I got a thing for serial killers. Ah, uh, yep. You hate to see it, man. Mm-hmm. But you get um, eventually she does kill someone to save save Stephen. And uh, it just doesn't matter. It's just not a thing. It's supposed to be like a cool moment because it's like, wow, she did it. She rose up. Yeah, she but... killed someone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we get, we get our one, uh, our, uh, the only Stephen one-liner I can remember from this movie, which is the like, next thing I know, you're going to be dating musicians. Yeah. Um, and it's, the, not, it's not a terrible one-liner. No, yeah. it's, it's true. I would say like any other kind of action movie of this tier would have that line. It's not like a Steven Seagal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm going to cut off his head and piss down his throat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the best line in any Steven Seagal movie so far. It is really good. I know that yeah. at the time I was like, uh, for justice didn't have any good lines. Yeah. That's cause it didn't have anything like, um, God. Bank. the blood bank absolutely or what was the one in marked for death uh, like uh god made men yeah god made men um well and even in this one we had uh the the puberty line in our beloved oh, theme song yeah our, our grammy award-winning theme song <laughs> yeah um I, I i made a point of that i was like oh shit it's the puberty line Oh, yeah, it's true. As the person who made it, I did not know that it was from this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. is, uh, I don't know what any of them are from, so it's it's good to, to watch through and, and see see when our theme song music uh, quotes are going to come up. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got one from one of the heavy hitters, so that's that's nice. Yeah, of course. you got to yeah. have an under siege in there. Yeah, man. What kind of self-respecting Steven Seagal podcast wouldn't have an under siege line? Yeah, um, I. <laughs> so I, let's let's just get into it. If we're gonna jump around, let's just get into it. Yeah. Um, Stephen rips a man's throat out with his hands. Yeah. Okay. I like thought I hallucinated that. I I, I couldn't fucking because there was no blood either. I don't I don't think. Uh, if there is, it's minimal. Yeah. It was very like just dry, and he just had this like fleshy looking thing in his hands. I was like, did he just rip that guy's fucking throat out of his neck? Yeah. He uh rips that man's throat out, and it's just a random dude. Yeah. Totally meaningless guy in the movie. Like. That is a hundred percent a kill that should be like maybe maybe not Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. but like Gary Busey just gets blown up. Yeah, very anticlimactic. Yeah, um, um, it would have been good maybe for like the third guy. You know, this like Palmini. Yeah, Palmini. Maybe, you know, maybe it would have worked for him. You know, to rip his throat out because yeah there's like nothing to him like he's just he's just evil and just hangs out with the evil guys but he's the dude on like us knowing who we who he is (laughs) he's the dude that um she shoots he's the dude that's about to gag steven Mm -hmm. but she she gags him instead yeah but yeah he just rips out this random man's throat and really that's like the only thing that i like was like we got to talk about this yeah um, so I was like, we got to talk about, we got to talk about Steven ripping this man's throat out and it just being like a casual kill, just a random kill in this like fight scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think like things that struck me in the movie were like, uh, 
Gary Busey's like insanely fucking brutal plan on how to handle his entire crew on the ship that like gets Tommy Lee Jones kind of shook for a moment, which is that they they have them all in I don't know I don't fucking know ships but they got they got them all in in, in one particular room in the ship yeah and, and Gary like Busey, the basement yeah like the basement know. or some, you know, some sort of basement e area and uh, Gary Busey decides to put the pressure on Stephen that he's uh, gonna put this the like fire sprinklers on. And uh, drown everyone in the room. <laughs> yeah, and and the plan is like not we're gonna ambush Steven when he comes to save them. Although that does happen, but yeah. that's not what Gary Busey says the plan is. His plan is just that Steven's going to drown trying to save his men. Yeah, and not just that. He he like he like record he like films it and like puts it on like the like all the the monitors mm-hmm. in the ship and yeah when this happens they open the like the latch you know uh like on the roof you know so that you can look down into the room <laughs> and uh he just has dudes with machine guns pick people off the ladder if they try to climb it and <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> gruesome man this shit yeah. is uh, this, this was ins- i mean this was you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know which specific moments where you can tell that Gary Busey's uh, losing it a little, but I know this is not. I don't know. He, I don't know. I know he didn't just come up with this idea. But like, man, <laughs> he, 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 he like ad libbed it, and they're like, "Fuck, man, we gotta shoot a lot of shit because of what Gary just said." Like Gary, that's that's not what happens at all. <laughs> Gary Busey was written as the uh, like the teammate that Jordan Tate becomes. Yeah, but Gary Busey just ad libbed too much. Yeah. He was too aggressive. They just had to make him a bad guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was one of the things that, that, that got me uh, was was that whole sequence. Yeah. There's a good part I liked in that sequence where he gets on the phone with the, like, admiral from the war room. Yeah. And uh, it's, like, in the middle of a gunfight. Like, there's, like, shooting in the background and screaming. And Steven's, you know, it's nonsense. Steven's just like, I'm going to keep going after them. And the Admiral's like, well, good luck. Yeah. And then Steven hangs up and the Admiral just says out to the war room, they got a lot of trouble on that ship. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, Jesus, dude, you think? Yeah. Understatement of the fucking movie right there. (laughs) Oh, they got... There's something going down on that ship. Oh, man. You guys have been hearing what's going on in that ship, man. And uh, after this, you get a, a, another pretty nasty scene where he's fighting some dudes. And he, like, stabs a guy in the armpit, like, five times. Like, yeah. he's in prison. They do it, like, slow motion, too. Well, it's it's a really weirdly edited scene. Because what happens is he, like, stabs the dude. And then, like, there's a cut. And it's, like, barely noticeable. But it, like, cuts to where it shows blood spraying out of the wound. But it's just this barely noticeable cut where he, like, stabs, and then the camera's shifted, like, you know, like a nanometer, and then there's blood spraying everywhere. Yeah. And the whole sequence was weird, hard to follow, and very gross. Yeah. um, I think Steven puts one guy, like, on some sort of... Like yeah, a, I don't know what that yeah, was. It's like a woodcutter or something. Like some sort of chopping tool. Yeah, it's some it looks like a big sewing machine. Yeah, it, yeah, it and, does. And he like sews the dude's shoulder. Yeah, just and just, just that was a real nasty yeah, one. That was, that was a bad one. Um, I liked the part where the they send in SEAL Team Five. Yeah, and there's this whole sequence of SEAL Team Five coming in by helicopter, and then um, these dudes with like shoulder 
shoulder mounted rocket launchers just blast the helicopter and it's just like over yeah that's just, that's just it it's just the end of we that spend, sequence we, we spend like a lot of time talking about seal team five too yeah oh yeah absolutely they're they're like okay seal team five's gonna come in it's our, and they make a big deal about how it's their last hope and you know like obviously it's not gonna be successful yeah yeah. But I imagined at least to get like an action sequence out of it, but instead it's just like the helicopter's there and then it's not. Yeah, or maybe like Gary Busey or, or Tommy Lee Jones would have some sort of like creative plan to come up with on how to deal with SEAL Team 5 and then they just stand out there with like fucking rocket launchers and just <laughs> blow the thing up. Yep. Um, pretty disappointing. Uh, <laughs> um,. And you got the submarine Tommy Lee Jones already stole. You find out he's already stolen a submarine. Yeah, he sure has. A North Korean submarine. Yeah, a North Korean sub. And uh, they load all of the weapons onto the submarine. And then as Gary Busey's leaving on the submarine, that's when Steven and his team, he finds like all these people in a, locked in like a bedroom and frees them. So he's got this little like ragtag team of him and Jordan Tate, and then just like some other people. I think one of them's another chef. Yeah, I think it's it's a lot of the dudes that he was hanging out with in the kitchen. Yeah, they're like all chefs. I think. I think it's just the the kitchen staff taking back the, the ship. Yeah, uh, uh, one one of whom is, um, if I uh, remember correctly, is uh, Raymond Cruz. Um, I don't even know what that means. He's, uh, I think. Uh, he, he's like the first bad guy in Breaking Bad. Um, I forget his name oh, yeah. on Breaking Bad. Yeah, Tuco. Tuco. Yeah, Tuco. Breaking Bad. Yeah, I didn't recognize him at all. Yeah, um, I looked that up during the movie. Uh, my mom used to watch The Closer, <laughs> and he's on The Closer oh. as well. So I like knew him hey. from a few things. I was like, hey, man, who whose mom didn't used to watch The Closer? <laughs> yeah, but that's another discussion for our Closer themed podcast. Yeah, after our rob schneider and dennis miller and yeah. roseanne podcast man we got a lot of we got a lot of shit to trudge through yeah well we can combine some of them yeah that's true we'll do rob schneider and dennis miller together uh, i was gonna say we'll do rob schneider and the closer together oh we'll do one episode of the closer and then 30 minutes of a rob schneider movie but random 30 minutes out of order are there rob schneider movies yeah, are you uh, kidding me? Oh, I didn't. You know never that, saw Bushwhacked. I I can't say I have. Honestly, I've only ever seen Rob Schneider on SNL or like in a like thirty second role of an Adam Sandler movie. I guess I, I guess he he he's like in Grown Ups, isn't he? He's like in, yeah, yeah. I can name five Rob Schneider movies, and I'm going to. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, hold on, wait, we got to set. This is James Barrett's top five Rob Schneider. Well, movies. that's not that's not what I said. <laughs> Well, no, they're the five you can name, so they're your top five. I have actually only seen one of these movies in general. <laughs> okay, well, it's four that he'd like to get to, and one that's his absolute favorite. <laughs> okay, I guess by like elimination, it is my favorite. Yeah. Um, okay. <clears throat> Bushwhacked, which I already named. Yeah. The animal. Great. The hot chick. Oh. Uh, Deuce Bigelow. American Gigolo. Okay. And then Deuce Bigelow European Gigolo. Oh. I do I am I'm, I am confident that there are two Deuce Bigelow films, but I may be messing up one of the subtitles. Well, Deuce Bigelow, man. Yeah, duh. You know, it's a, it's, a, okay. it's a it's a two's kind of name. 
had to had to come up with a with a sequel to Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> so I was wrong. It's Deuce Bigelow Male Gigolo, mm. which I think is unnecessary. I think just Gigolo works. And then Deuce Bigelow European Gigolo. Uh, well, they, so kind of, I, they figured it out on the second one. They're like, they don't need it. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they didn't need to say European Male Gigolo. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I think I was right. I am now going through his filmography. <laughs> but for the most part, everything else I named is true. Um, would the bench warmers count? I don't know, but yeah, you know, let's say yes. What do you mean? What do you mean you don't know? I mean, it's been so long since I've seen it. I forget who like is the star. You didn't of the watch show. that movie like five times as a kid? No, man. I didn't even watch Napoleon Dynamite more than like once. Oh well, Napoleon Dynamite sucks. Uh, Does the bench warmers not? I have not seen it in a very long time. Okay. But when I was a child, I did like it very much. Yeah. So that was my thing. I, I didn't even like Napoleon Dynamite as a child. And like everybody I didn't I knew, like it as a child either. Everybody I knew that liked Napoleon Dynamite also liked the bench warmer. So I was like, fuck that's because that. they both have John heater, but that's why, okay. That's why I'm associating them together. Yeah. Okay. Th- cool. that, no, that makes sense. I think bench warmers would have been like one of the first movies he did after Napoleon Dynamite. Sure. So it would have been like that and like blades of glory. Oh yeah. Would have been like what really, uh, forgot about blades of glory. Uh, yeah. a, a statement I'm sure many people have made. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what were we talking about? Under Siege. No. No. <laughs> the Rob Schneider cast. Right. Rob Schneider's philosophy. Rob Schneider cast. Rob Schneider cast. Um, okay. Yeah, give us the Rob. He's in um, the new David Spade Netflix movie, The Wrong Missy. Oh. With uh, Lauren Lapkus. Oh, I like Ooh. Lauren Lapkus. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's, that's She's, too bad. She's the titular wrong Missy. Oh. Good for her. Sort of. Yeah. Oh, actually. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Um, Well, I wonder who the the right one was, man. Um, Molly Sims. Oh. (laughs) Plays the right Missy. Okay, great. That's great news. Um, Now, before we get back to Under Siege. Yeah. We're going to play a quick game. Okay, I I love a good game. All right. <clears throat> what uh once popular but now l- long forgotten not like literally you would you're certainly going to know who he is but uh once popular now long forgotten rapper do you think cameos as himself in the wrong missy once popular now forgotten and um and popular just in terms of radio, like definitely has like a radio hit that most people are going to know. Um, and this is again, a happy Madison production starring David Spade. Um, Rob Schneider does cameo in it as does Nick Swordson. Nick Swordson actually, I think is like a secondary character, not even a cameo. All right. I'm going to take, I'm going to take, is it, am I allowed to take two guesses? Yeah, sure. Okay. My first guess from the bottom of my heart. Is it Soldier Boy? No. Okay. My second guess, is it Ludacris? No. Do you want to take a third one? It's going to be one that when I say it, you're going to be like, God damn it, I should have gotten that. Um, but the problem is, is that he's too forgotten and you're just not going to think about him until I say his name. Fuck. Um, is 50 Cent forgotten? Is it 50 no, Cent? No, it's okay. not 50 Cent. All right, I give up. All right. Vanilla Ice. Fuck. 
I think he's in another Adam Sandler movie. Well, I, I, I sorry, too. yeah, it, that's not an Adam Sandler movie, but it basically is. Uh, it's an Adam Sandler movie without Adam Sandler in it. Um, uh, what? <laughs> well, yeah, it's all the same guys. It's David Spade. Well, and Rob I mean, well, oh, and this Swenson. one. Yeah. Oh, it's basically an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. And also, we're gonna play another game. Okay, great. <laughs> um, Vanilla Ice has been in three Adam Sandler movies, literal Adam Sandler movies. Okay. Can I name them? If you can name even just one. I know I can name one. Oh, well. Uh, but, okay. uh, but I can't remember the name of it. So this, it's going to be. Wait, it's, really? Yeah, it's still going to be good. Um, well, so which one do you. It's, do the, you th- it's the one where Adam Sandler is like a deadbeat dad to maybe Andy Samberg. Yeah. Uh, it, that is one. Yeah. But I can't remember what the name of that movie is. Um, okay well i mean should i tell you as yeah, yeah doing I, I, this bit where yeah. you try and figure out the name yeah yeah go ahead that's my boy that's my boy yeah yeah he was also in sandy wexler haven't seen it and then the ridiculous six haven't seen that either thank and God. in the ridiculous six he plays mark twain um all right anyway all right. i almost want to talk about steven seagal again uh, yeah <laughs> all right um, I thought you were going to say you just want to talk only about Vanilla Ice. This is getting dangerously close to becoming like an Adam Sandler podcast. Yeah, this is two weeks in a row now. I know. We got to we got to keep ourselves in check here. It's gonna get it's gonna get worse and worse. <laughs> sure is. Um, uh, only only a couple things I I want to talk about. There's there's two of them in yeah. uh, the end of Under Siege. Uh, first one is like. So the stakes are pretty high here at the end of the movie um, in terms of, like, what's at stake for the characters, I guess. Like, like Hawaii is going to get Well, we're, we're getting... You're, <sighs> are we getting ahead of ourselves? I thought we were jumping. Well, we are jumping, but let's at least give some context. Yeah. They try to load the weapons onto the submarine, but Steven and his crew, they, like, fix the weapons on the USS Missouri so they're able to blast the submarine. Kills Gary Beasley. Kill, yep. And then the weapons are also destroyed. So Tommy Lee Jones goes insane. Yeah, he does. He fucking and he then, just loses it. Yeah. And he launches two nuclear missiles at Honolulu. Yeah, he sure does. Because they're right outside Hawaii. Again, they're celebrating Pearl Harbor. They're commemorating Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, so uh, as, as they're doing this, uh, they're like, they, we go back to the war room, to the Doctor Strange love room. Uh-huh. And they're like, like, oh my god, how many people are on Hawaii right now? And they're like, they're, <laughs> they're like, there's a million people there. Um, and it cuts to like one of the one of the dudes in the war room who has been like one like one of the most vocal guys in in the in, in the war room. He's like one of the guys we've gotten to know the whole time. Um, and he turns to a guy next to him, and they're like, <laughs> oh my god, what are we gonna gonna do? And he says like, hey man, if those bombs hit, we just blame it on the cook. And I'm not. I, like, what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. yeah, and the other dude's like, like nods, gives this like evil, like, haha, you're right. Yeah, like blame it on Steven. And it's like I don't understand because, like, a, this didn't need to be a part of the movie. Yeah, because it's not. It's not a part of the movie it's for the rest a, of the movie. It's not a, a. It's not part of the movie. B. Steven's gonna save the day, and we all know it. And C. Mm-hmm. Hawaii is gonna get nuked. Like we didn't need. <laughs> another level of steven seagal being having something to be worried about the whole crew's drowning uh tommy lee jones gone in, has gone insane and he's he's running around with a gun and he's about to nuke uh uh 
Hawaii. It's like, like we know Steven Seagal is going to have bigger problems. Yeah, that's true. I actually didn't even see it <laughs> as them like trying to raise the stakes for Steven. I just thought of it as pointless. I was like, why are we even yeah. like doing this? But you actually skipped over two things okay. that I liked in that sequence. Oh, in that particular... Okay, yeah, let's go for yeah. it. One thing I really liked is once they're talking about, like, there's been two missiles sent to Hawaii, what are we going to do? What dude did the... Uh, and let me let me turn down my, uh, my mic just a little bit. <clears throat> One dude in the uh, war room... It, it's, <laughs> like, almost in the background. You're, you're getting too excited. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and mimic this dude. Okay, great. Um they're like talking about one dude who's almost mixed like in the background just goes like tell me we could destroy them in the air <laughs> yeah. yeah it's great it's awesome and um, then you get what you kind of hit it at where one dude's like well how many people are on hawaii <laughs> and this guy's like well and this guy's like well what well what'll happen if those missiles hit hawaii and it reminded me of the part in roseanne where one guy's like well, what's the UN? And then they have to explain to everyone what, what the UN is. Yeah. In, in they reminded me of that because the guy's like, well, what would happen if they hit Hawaii? And this other guy's like, approximately 1 million people will reach 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit right. in less than a second. Right. And it's like really setting the tone of what a nuclear bomb is. I was like, oh. Yeah. This reminded me of the same thing where they felt like they had to make sure people understood. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Uh, that's, yeah, you said- that's that's pretty much it. The, the only other thing that I liked was like one like really small thing that I thought was goofy, which was that uh, st- when when Steven Seagal and Tommy Lee Jones have their have their outs, they have their fight yeah. at the end of the movie. Uh, we'll talk about how gross that is in a second. <laughs> but uh, there's one point in which Steven tries to to stab or cut Tommy Lee Jones, and he can't because uh, because his uh, his leather jacket uh, pre- prevents him from doing so, and I don't know why. It, ma- it just made me laugh. I was like, Dude. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's one point where like Steven tries to tries to cut him or stab him, and the, the fucking power of rock and roll prevents him. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's like you know he's dressed up like fucking Axl Rose, and he's wearing that leather jacket, and it just like prevents Steven Seagal Le- from from stabbing him. And I just thought it was fucking funny. I don't know why. Okay, I'm into it. <laughs> I, I just like this Axl Rose looking motherfucker. I like the idea yeah. that Axl Rose could prevent himself from being from being stabbed <laughs> by Steven Seagal by the the power of all the leather he wears. I was surprised Axl Rose hasn't been in a Steven Seagal movie. Yeah, they, there's probably a lot of overlap in uh, character qualities between Axl Rose and Steven Seagal. I feel like actually, yeah, I feel like they'd probably. Yeah. <laughs> i don't know i don't know yeah it's it's very interesting to me to to think about who steven would vibe with yeah that's like good, i was thinking i was thinking bit. last week about like him and roseanne yeah and i don't even know if they'd get along i don't, I don't know did we talk about this i think we did i think we kind of mentioned oh. it like uh I, well it, it kind of became our trivia uh, that we thought it would be really funny if steven seagal and roseanne were like were tight if he was a huge roseanne fan yeah a big roseanne head yeah um, yeah but ironically our roseanne podcast is going to be the one that steven listens to yeah that's that's gonna be the one he actually checks out because he's constantly yeah. scouring the internet for new roseanne content yeah um the thing <laughs> the thing that i i liked is when steven finally goes to tommy lee jones and like finds him in the boat's like command center um you know he tommy lee jones gets the drop on steven like every single <laughs> Uh, bad guy does before the climax and not just in this movie it's like an action movie cliche you know where they get like the drop on the the protagonist with like they sneak up behind him with a gun so that way they can have a little bit of talk 
before the fight happens. Yeah. It's not just Steven. It's just that uh, the only like cliched action movies I've really been watching recently have been these Steven movies. Sure. So, yeah. But Steven's not to blame for that one yeah. specifically. Well, I'm off but, the there. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones gets the drop on him. And Steven like gives Tommy Lee Jones this like, you and I are the same. The government, you know, like is screwing us both over. We're both just pawns in their games. But the, like, you and I are the same speech is the one that usually the villain gives to the good guy at the end. <laughs> yeah. But, and it makes sense. Steve is trying to, like, kind of connect with this dude. But <laughs> it just it just added to this very weird air of Steven being a little bit of a nut yeah. in, like, all of his movies. Yeah. Him being the secret villain. Yeah. Which, um, once again, Steven is absolutely uncontainable in this movie. Um, every every authority figure in this movie tries to tell Steven Seagal to not do something. And he, is there is there a movie we have watched where Steven listens to an authority figure? No, not one. Yeah, I would just like to like to to, to point out to the audience that one, <laughs> once again, Steven is absolutely uncontainable in this movie. Yeah, um, to the point to where like literal like the highest level military heads in in the United States in this movie just say fuck it we can't beat him join him <laughs> yeah pretty much they're just like all right steve just do what you gotta do yeah and that's that's the same where steven's just like on the fucking phone with them while he blasts dudes in a uh in a hallway somewhere he's just like you know he's just fucking gunning people down he's like yeah i didn't really listen to those instructions you guys gave me and they're like fuck okay fine um yeah so yeah that and- that trope continues yeah, and then you do get Steven and Tommy Lee Jones's knife fight. And on I, I don't know how I felt about it, because at first I was just like, this is so fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> because they're just like, they just got knives, and they're just like hitting each other with the knives. Um, I, I, was, I kept thinking, like, could, would this be cool if it was somebody else? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and a I question know. we raise a lot here. Yeah. And I don't know if maybe it's just like a different director. Uh, I mean, Andrew Davis did The Fugitive, as we've sat on Above the Law. Yeah. Love The Fugitive. Um, but I don't know if necessarily he's a great action director. Um, Fugitive isn't really even an action movie in the traditional sense. It's more like a suspense thriller. Sure. And I don't know. It's it's just not a great sequence. And then I kind of came around by the end and was kind of like, maybe this is kind of neat. <laughs> yeah. It kind of won me over at the end. Well, just yeah, it was nice that it was like actually kind of a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is so rare in a Steven Seagal movie. Uh, yeah, there's there's actually very again this like it's it's hard to even call this a Steven Seagal movie on some level because it's like a lot of the so you know uh, I, I consider like a lot of the action tropes of a Steven Seagal mm-hmm. movie are like not really present here. Like there's not a lot of his like Aikido in this movie. Like, yeah, he was really just like gunning people down and like blowing up grenades everywhere. And yeah, he makes a lot of bobs in this movie. Yeah, he sure does. He blows a lot of shit up in 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 this one. It's like half a Steven Seagal movie. It really is. Yeah, and and it's not all the way there, but it it does still kind of like feel like it and i get what you mean about it being nice that he doesn't just immediately like like he's not in there just beating the shit up tommy lee jones and throwing him around like in out for justice yeah um that's definitely nice but it is just like this knife fight and they're like cutting each other up a little bit and it's pretty gross yeah um and then steven does a thing that i feel like (laughs) we've seen him do a few times now um and i may be wrong about this we can fact check this or something uh but i i've I feel like I've seen him poke somebody's eye out at least like three times. 
so he does two things in, to Tommy Lee Jones that he's he's already done. Um, he poked out, fuck the dude in Marked for Death, the bad right. guy in Marked oh, for yeah. Death. Oh, it's so much worse in Marked for Death too. It is. It is worse in Marked for Death. Yeah. It's still not good here. Right. But he does gouge Tommy Lee Jones's eye. Yeah. Well, gouging people's eyes out is like inherently like among the grossest things that can happen like reasonably in an action movie. I think. And it's. I, I was about to slam my fist on my desk. <laughs> it is not something that action heroes do, like, yeah. ever. Like, I can't, like, it's, it's like, uh... Well, it's so villainous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just so disturbing and gross. Yeah. And it's not something, like, it's not like you're going to see James Bond gouging out people's eyes. Yeah. Yeah, or, like, it, fucking Harrison Ford in the, in the future. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time, but I, I, I might fucking... wager to say Harrison Ford probably doesn't gouge anybody's fucking eyes out in that movie. Yeah. yeah, or fucking like uh, Bruce Willis, like John McClane, <laughs> yeah. just a random New York cop yeah. gouging out, <laughs> gouging out fucking terrorist yeah. eyes with his thumbs. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. Yeah. Yeah. Not, imagine it's imagine not Indiana Jones gouging somebody's eyes out. <laughs> yeah, that dude with like the the sword that he runs into in Raiders. He does his big sword trick instead of pulling out a gun. He just charges out the man and <laughs> sticks his thumbs in his eyes. Snaps his neck with one arm. Um, yeah, Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, Han Solo. Luke Skywalker, man. Anybody yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah. Even the fucking villains in Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if, like, getting, like, shot full of lightning is kind of on par with gouging out an eye. Yeah, but... It's I, just, like, not, the Star Wars universe version. Yeah, but it's not, like, on the, like... Uh, we're gonna get too into this, but, like... <laughs> it's not, a, like, the visceral thing of, like, the sound effects and, like, the... No, no, it's sound. absolutely not as nasty. It's, yeah. I, I mean... It's it's definitely I really can't think of any movie where there's like like a traditional action hero in the sense that Steven is supposed to be yeah. maybe in like a movie that actually like you know has themes yeah like and some like depth somewhere yeah and is like exploring violence maybe there's something like that but like a traditional just sort of action movie like this I absolutely cannot think of one yeah the um Gerard Butler movies with um like the Olympus has fallen, Angel has fallen, London has fallen, yeah. those ones. He's pretty gross and he's always just like stabbing people in the head. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing, but yeah, it, it kind of just falls into the same weird realm of it being creepy and and not very heroic as like the Steven Seagal ones. Yeah, and so, like Def- th- there's a lot of things about Steven Seagal that like work against him ever being likable in these movies. Um, even if you know nothing about Steven Seagal, just like his screen presence is, like, yeah, absolutely, it's just like not good. And, but, but one of the things that is working against him always, and I'm not sure whose idea it is, and maybe it's the directors, and maybe he picked <laughs> bad directors to work with, but uh, like he is so villainous in the way that he kills people uh, in these <laughs> movies. Like he fucking again like he just like like put somebody down on like a saw table in this movie and like like sliced into their chest and like stabbed a guy five times in the armpit he's gouged people's eyes out in multiple movies now Mm -hmm. and um it's like it's so gross like i have to turn my eyes away (laughs) from the screen oftentimes in these movies he ripped somebody's fucking throat out in this movie and so Mm -hmm. it's like it's like I'm constantly grossed out by the things he's doing on screen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the way he uh, kills Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> is, uh, again, not super heroic. 
he he gouges out Tommy Lee Jones's eye, and then while Tommy Lee Jones is appropriately distracted by having his eye gouged out, he uh, just stabs him at the top of the head. Yeah, he sure does. Just right in the top of the head. Very similar to how he kills um, the bad guy in Out for Justice with that corkscrew. Right. Oh, yeah. That's the other. That's the other one that I was like, he's just doing the same violent, gross shit over again. Yeah, I tell you what, man. The the like weird fucking fever dream of a movie that was out for justice like i like i can almost appreciate like almost missing that movie yeah that's what that's what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah yeah the, the, like, the more i think about out for justice and how like insane that movie was and so it's like i don't know i don't know if i would in trade i don't know if i would trade like guy that's just like regularly smoking crack throughout the entire movie and just like murdering people on the streets or like Tommy Lee Jones putting in like a legitimate fucking performance in this movie and like, like being a, a good actor. It's, I don't know, man. It's, it, there's this weird conundrum well, in this, in, in the Steven Seagal universe. Imagine if Tommy Lee Jones was just smoking crack throughout <laughs> this whole movie. Or even if Gary Busey was like, even if even if Gary Busey were just smoking crack, he was like, "We should drown everybody." <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think either one would really elevate the entire movie, honestly. But with if if Tommy Lee Jones was smoking crack through most of this movie, I it would like fit. You wouldn't have to change anything else. You would just have to get like CGI a crack pipe, like some weird like Star Wars special edition style shit. <laughs> <laughs> the under siege special edition where Tommy Lee Jones is smoking crack the whole time. Yeah. Oh man. Um I don't even know what we're at anymore. He kills I mean he kills Tommy yeah. Lee Jones. Yeah. Yeah, he stabs him in the head and it makes this like fart fart sound effect. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. And then uh the government's able to blast one of the missiles out of the sky, but for some reason or another they can't get the second one. Yeah, so Steven uses some sort of floppy disk looking yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. We skipped dead. over we skipped over the creepy scientist. Um Oh right, yeah. Every every like villainous team in an action movie has to have a creepy scientist. Yeah. Um but he like gets some hard drive. What even happens to him? I don't know if I can remember, honestly. Alright, yeah, me neither. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? Um <laughs> Yeah, I pretty much checked out once Tommy Lee Jones got it in the dome. Because yeah. um, it's just like, okay, the movie's over. <laughs> Steven's got to save the day. It's over. Um, yeah, they, he uses like a floppy disk, and then they walk him through how to abort the last missile. Yeah, Everyone's happy. He kisses Jordan Takes. They're together now. Yeah. There's not any sort of actual like romantic subplot, really. No. It's not like they ever have any sort of tension. And... and I, I, pretty much obviously they weren't gonna have actual attention but it's not even like the movie tries well and it's like we get 41 minutes of steven seagal and so, yeah which means we probably get like 20 minutes of jordan tate yeah um and 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 even then it's like most of the time it's with jordan tate they're, they're fucking killing people like I'd, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what the exact percentage is of time steven's on on screen <laughs> and time that he's killing people but it, it's it's a lot it's, of that time. It has to be most of the movie, yeah. absolutely, or most of his part of the movie, absolutely. So the movie like doesn't even try to uh, to really push any kind of romantic agenda between the two of them. They're just sort of like, no, no. yeah, you, you you guys knew it was coming. Just fucking deal with it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's just like the traditional kind of the way it's gonna go. Yeah, it's like this is what happens in these movies. You'll be fine. Yeah, um, and so that's pr- it, pretty much yeah how it ends. 
I have the note. He kisses Jordan Tate. Wow, the end. Oh, no, never mind. Now it's a funeral. <laughs> yeah, they fucking they zoom out on the ship. It looks like we're fading away into the sky, and then, no, we're, we're right back down on the ship, and we're doing a funeral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like, almost ex- turned the screen off. I was like, yeah, I'm not watching the fucking credits. I'm like, we're, we're done. Yeah, here. I was expecting, like, a VN to fade on screen, and then maybe a question mark. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. But we just cut back. We're back on the ship, and I was literally, I was like, oh, my God. God no! <laughs> they make it stop. But it's it's barely anything. It's just Stephen at a funeral. I assume the original captains. And um, yeah, don't really have that. Like I don't, I don't really have any evidence for that beyond the fact I don't know who else it would be. Yeah. Um, and then Stephen is now in his dress uniform. Finally. The implication being that there's been some sort of development some sort of growth but i don't really know what it would be yeah uh and then and then that's it that's under siege from 1992 yeah and you know it's it's fine that's all right. the more we talk about it, the more i kind of i've i guess i've warmed up to it in the sense that i'm like yeah it definitely is better yeah. than probably most of these movies it's just hard for me to separate better from like entertaining <laughs> Yeah, I, I, would I watch Under Siege again? No. Um, would you watch any of these again? I might watch Out for Justice again. Well, you would you would show somebody Out for Justice. Yeah, I wouldn't sit down by myself, <laughs> but I would say okay. like, do you want to see <laughs> something pretty fucking <Yeah>. weird? <laughs> Honestly, I kind of feel like I could I could do that with like any of these movies. Yeah, maybe not Above the Law, just because like Above the Law kind of sucks, man. I I I like <laughs> Above the Law less and less every time I think about it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I I I definitely think that it's probably the second worst we've watched. Let's um let's do this. This will be fun. Yeah. Let's rank them. Okay. We've hit five movies. We're not going to count Roseanne or SNL because we know Roseanne's going to be like miles, miles, miles below at the very bottom. Yeah. Um, SNL, whatever. But let's rank them. We've got a nice even five we're at. Let's let's just see where we're at right now. And then also I'll use our sentences to kind of compare to where we were in the moment when we were actually, um, you know, like fresh from the movies. I think that that is, I think that that is a good idea. All right. Well, let's go ahead and let's get into our sentencing. Uh, you know, the way it works is at the end of every episode, we're going to sentence Steven Seagal to a prison term based on that week's movie. And this is all in addition to the life sentence he already deserves. Right now, we're looking at that life sentence plus 110.5 years. Yeah. Uh, last week was very hard on Steven. Yeah, Steven. Stephen uh, left last week's SNL slash Roseanne episode with an additional sixty years. Yeah, it was uh, it was a rough day for Stephen yeah. Seagal. Yeah. So, what is your sentencing for Under Siege? Um, hard for me to uh, to to say Stephen deserves a bad sentence for this movie. Uh, he was the worst part of it, um, but. He was the worst part of it in moderation, and uh, mm-hmm. and I think that that deserves to be commemorated. Um, we all kind of had the feeling, we all kind of knew that Under Siege was probably going to be the best one, um, and so I think I, I think I'll go ahead and reflect that in my sentencing, and I'll, I'll say Stephen can get a, a nice, cool, even two years for for Under Siege. Okay, uh, it's boring, but. Uh, 
honestly, I'll fucking take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and you saying, you know, he's the worst part of the movie. That is that is that's notable because last week he was arguably maybe maybe not the best, but like not he didn't detract from that Roseanne episode. Sure. Uh if anything his harsh sentencing was specifically because of everything else and him just being a part of it, right. like an accessory. He was an accessory, absolutely. But to this, he's kind of like dragging down the movie, which I guess in theory could earn him, you know, a harsher sentence. But for the most part, I think that there's enough good and kind of inoffensiveness to where I don't want to, you know, judge him too harshly either. Yeah. But at the same time, and maybe this isn't fair to Under Siege, but it does have a reputation. I did genuinely think there was a chance that I would be like, feel positive about the movie. Sure. So I don't want to let him off the hook too easily. Um, so I'm going to go with five. I'm going to go with five years. That's a fair sentencing, I would say. And Steven Seagal's current sentence, we are adding seven years. Steven is now looking at 117.5 years. And we need Plus like a little life. gavel sound effect to put in after I say that each time. Yeah. Um, will, will we get in trouble if we put the, uh, the Law & Order uh, gavel bang in there? Um, I, um, no, cause you know, who's, <laughs> well, we have an ardent fan base, James. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And the ardent fan base would scare off Dick Wolf and his money grubbing attorneys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know that right. I, I wouldn't want to go up against Dick Wolf, man. He's, uh, spent a, a great deal of time thinking about both law and order. Um, That's oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. We're in over our heads on that one. Yeah. Dude, just get like a nice little gavel pound. Yeah, we'll just get a regular one. Oh, you, know, yeah. you know what, man? I made one at home. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Did we get any uh, motherfuckers this week? I don't think so, man. Were you counting or did you give up? I, I, I might have given up, but I, you know what? <laughs> none, of them, none of them permeated my, my subconscious if there were any. But again, like okay. Steven's barely in this thing. He barely talks, dude. Yeah. Like, even no, when he's I, in the movie, he doesn't say anything. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. And it, I, I, I mean, you decided you were going to do this. Yeah, I decided, but really, Week I was, one. I was in over my head on this one. Well, um, we do have I was a really string in, of I, I was in like under it. Yeah, it's, it's more like I, I under, I overestimated how much Stephen was going to say this word. Yeah, but, but it, that's okay. you still, you've signed on, and you got to. I'm here for it, man. Yeah, you got to keep going. Yeah. All right, so let's do our ranking, and then I will see how it compared to like the years that we gave each movie based on um you know where we were at that time where we actually watched it and it was fresh but now with a little bit more perspective we're gonna see how that's changed yeah um yeah so i i think that this is uh this is gonna be fun i think so we're gonna go from i guess i'm gonna should i go first or are you, are you uh you ready with yours you got yours off the dome ready to go i think i got mine off the dome just because I, I know it pretty well all right let's uh let's go with yours first then all right so i'm gonna go out for justice number one okay and then sorry i'm actually gonna write it out so we can like compare the rankings that we have based on the rankings that our sentencing imply so at the top out for justice below that marked for death then under siege then above the law, and then hard to kill. Um, yeah, I think that that's I think that that's not too far off from mine. Um, 
I think that our top three are, are the same. I think it's pretty hard to argue against Under Siege, Out for Justice, and Mark for Death being like the the three best ones. Um, just you know, there's only five, but like Above the Law and Hard to Kill really do suck. Um, <laughs> so I think Above the Law is still notably above Hard to Kill. <sighs> Hard, hard to kill be too hard to hard, hard to kill hard does to kill, hard to kill does have the blood bank it does have the blood bank but it also has two sex scenes oh, yeah you're <laughs> right sorry i forgot to factor that into my score i'd already blocked those from my memory uh, uh you're lucky you're lucky yeah i really am okay and with that in mind i'm gonna say hard to kill is the worst one um above the law uh is ranking number four on my list number three marked for death Number two, Under Siege, and out, number one is Out for Justice. Absolutely. Uh, right, even so though I think Under I think Under Siege is a better movie than Out for Justice, but I'm yeah. But there might be a situation in which I could envision myself watching Out for Justice again. No, I I would say that Under Siege is probably just better. Yeah. But I I I maybe not above the law, but I could see myself showing somebody Hard to Kill, Marked for Death, or Out for Justice, even as much as Hard to Kill sucks. I mean, yeah. They're at least like just more noteworthy than. So, um, Under siege. before we, before we get into, uh, kind of our closing remarks here, um, well, I, I, I was going to compare it to where oh, we were oh, sure, sure, yeah. at our initial sentence. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So based on your sentencing, yeah. your favorite movie under siege at two years. Mm-hmm. No, I lied. Your favorite movie marked for death oh. at 1.5 years. Wow. I ranked him that, that low. Oh shit damn and then under siege two years and then out for justice at seven hard to kill at eight and above the law at 10 i really didn't like above the law (laughs) no (laughs) i still almost ranked it the worst one this time yeah that's true but and we were you were also fresh that's true for me mine um is exactly what i had before (laughs) yeah out for justice marked for death uh under siege above the law hard to kill i have under siege and above the law both at five years but i have hard to kill at 10 yeah Um, i did not like it and so uh one thing i was going to say here a very interesting thing that's happened with with uh the last two years of steven seagal Mm -hmm. um and something that we've talked about before on the show is uh, what do we do when it's all over? Um, <laughs> do we start again? <laughs> and uh, I, uh, well, something that I, I've, I've noticed here is I uh, had Steven Seagal's IMDb page up in front of my face um, mm-hmm. is that uh, I don't know if we've talked about the idea that above the law two is, is uh, an announced project now. Um, which I find absolutely fucking hilarious because he released a movie last year called Beyond the Law, and maybe he like remembered that Above the Law existed, and he was like, "Shit, man, we should just lean into it. We should just make a whole ass sequel of that." So, are we now adding Above the Law to like if Steven releases any movie before we're finished, we kind of have to add it, don't we? I I don't even think it's a question. Yeah, I I assume that was a given. Okay, great because that that puts us in trouble because you have no idea how many movies he's going to be able to churn out. <laughs> well, I I think right now with the way things are in the world, yeah. potentially we actually got a lucky break. Yeah, because if there was ever a time where Stephen could potentially go a year 
a little bit over a year without making a movie. It's right now. Yeah, because so. there is absolutely never a year in which Steven Seagal does not put out more than one movie. Um, I don't think that's true. Well, at least recently. 2019, two movies. 2018, two movies. 2017, oh, yeah. two. No, it's, 2016, it's like... was that five movies? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2015, only one. But 14 had two. Uh, okay it's yeah. we don't it's, I get your it, but it, I yeah agree. it's it's been a long time uh since since steven took a break <laughs> yeah so we'll see i i definitely though yeah if if he makes any movie we're just adding it to the list yeah All god right. help us and then we're also going to do our award-winning segment of course imdb trivia wasn't really any goofy fun trivia anything that i gleaned from it i've kind of just said you know during the discussion um and, and pretty much verified anything that I said yeah. <laughs> um, in our discussion. There is one thing I wanted to add, which is a quote from director Andrew Davis that I really liked, mm. and this is also verifiable. Unlike most things on the IMDb trivia, and that is the whole point of our segment, but uh, this is the quote. Uh, basically saying, a Warner Brothers executive wanted us to get back together again, and this is after Under Siege came out wanted us to get back together again, saying that Seagal was only in the movie 41 minutes. Tommy Lee is in the movie longer than Steven. It was fine. It was fine. It worked out well. We had a nice time down a mobile and had a lot of fun making the movie. And that was the movie that got me the fugitive. So it was worth it. (laughs) Hell yeah, man. I just like that very non-committal kind of sad. (laughs) It's fine. It was fine. We worked with Steven. He wanted us to do it again, but it's fine. No, yeah, I think that's great. I uh, yeah. I love that. Um, All right. Yeah. What piece of trivia are we going to add to the IMDb trivia to make our mark on Under Siege forever or until somebody at IMDb actually comes to their senses? Um you know, this is a this is a this is a bizarre one. Um but let's see. I think uh um what was the uh miss july 1989 what was what was her name the character or the actress the actress erica alaniac erica alaniac we'll say that it was her idea to not use her real name in the movie because she didn't want to be associated with it afterwards okay <laughs> she, she demanded to have her name changed in the movie even though she was playing herself i'm gonna change it a little bit go for it Erica Laniac demanded her character have a different name so Steven Seagal wouldn't know her real one. <laughs> yeah. That gets the that, that's that that rounds it up into a nice uh you know, that rounds it out nicely right there. That's what we were looking Absolutely. for. All right, and that is submitted. You got anything else you want to add about Under Siege or you want to just kind of wrap it up? Um yeah, uh not too much to say on this one. Really, there was never too much to say about Under Siege. <laughs> yeah, not really. Yeah. For better and for worse. Yeah. I think that that is all going to change next week. Um, I'm actually very excited about next week's movie. Oh, yeah? It is On Deadly Ground, and it is the only film Steven Seagal ever directed. Yeah, that's ob- uh, objectively exciting um, mm-hmm. for a podcast like this one. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is, because truly... Every frame will be dripping with Steven Seagal. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. I hope that this is truly, like, 
the piece de resistance here. I hope that this is Steven Seagal's masterpiece, his his room, his yeah. <laughs> his moment to show the world who he is inside. Um, Absolutely, and something that I'm sure will be harrowing for us for years to come. Um, yeah. And harrowing for I mean, Jesus, man, there's some there's some some people. Wait, what's that fucking? What's <laughs> what, what? There's some people who are for real in this movie. Hey, what's that? What's that movie that you keep <laughs> trying to get me watch at the at, at the top of every show? McGruber. McGruber. So John C. McGinley plays a character called McGruder in okay. in On Deadly Ground. So uh, yeah, I think that McGruber just might actually just be a Steven Seagal spoof. <laughs> well, McGruber then initially was a MacGyver spoof oh. when it was an SNL sketch. Okay. But the movie kind of changes the MacGyver stuff to be more like an 80s, 90s action movie spoof. Okay. So Maybe things I didn't know if I'd ever watched it. but Yeah. Well, that's okay. Yeah. I, I'm surprised you never saw the SNL sketches. I'm sure you did. I've probably watched a lot less SNL than you think I have, to, to be entirely honest. I, that is I just used, possible. Yeah, I used, I used to, no, I just used to have the DVDs, like the, the best ofs for like certain actors and stuff. I guess that's fair. Still, it was a pretty big deal. I mean, they made a movie out of it. Apparently, yeah. And they don't really do that anymore. Yeah. So it's a big deal. Hey. You should watch McGruber. They don't. They don't make them like McGruber anymore, man. They, hey, they don't. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. How you feeling about Steve? About everything? Empty. <laughs> Empty inside. Empty. Yeah. I feel like yeah. there's no gas in the tank, and I've got 150 miles to go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling. <laughs> I got I got a little kick for on deadly ground. I got a little kick, a yeah. little bit left. I'm not quite on E. I'm at like that last little tick right before E. Yeah, <laughs> and it's gonna get me to on deadly ground. But after on deadly ground, we got under siege two, yeah. and that is even more daunting now that we've seen under siege. Yeah. Although under siege two, I don't know if this is a spoiler for you. Because I think you go into these movies a lot more blind than I do. Oh yeah, I, I blind as a Batman. It's a, a, a classic bit for me is to no, to, ne- to never research a movie before I watch it. Well, it it's good, but yeah, I, I will. I'll go ahead and spoil a little bit for you. Yeah, go for it. Under Siege Two, I know it takes place on a train. Oh fuck! And I do like trains. Yeah, I like train action scenes way more than I like boat action scenes, as I learned yesterday watching Under Siege. So I am. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> For the most part, my response every week is the same. It's fine. You know? Yeah. Um, it's fine. Yeah. Well, you know, I wonder if, I wonder if we'll find that uh, Roseanne sprinkled in some, some references to, uh, to Under Siege 2, uh, uh, given that that episode took place solely on a train. Maybe there's, uh, yeah. maybe we'll find some parallels. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's that's what'll get me through the movie. Yeah, waiting for those, waiting for those, those, those crispy Roseanne parallels. Yeah, I'll be like, wait, now I get this moment in Roseanne. Yeah, finally, this, that episode was actually pretty good. <laughs> wait a second, this is a misunderstood masterpiece. It was all a critique on Under Siege Two and its treatment of Middle Eastern terrorists, <laughs> yeah. and also probably women. Uh, well, well, that's that one's more possible. Yeah. It's more likely than you think. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. You wanna you wanna call it? Yeah, I guess that's I guess that's all <laughs> we uh, that's all we got for you here at Steven Destroy. Uh, you know, we uh, we really appreciate the the support you guys are, are bringing in every week for us. We we see all the yeah. we read all the letters. We open every one of them. We read all the letters. We see all the tweets. Yep. 
We uh, get all the emails yeah. at Steven Destroy Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, can't believe that uh, you know we were trending last week after our episode uh, dropped. We just really appreciate the support. Yeah. Um, and and uh, as always, uh, from from us to you here at, at Steven Destroy. Uh, Wait, I want to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead. We we uh, got a bunch of angry tweets from Donald Trump. We did from our, based on our, our episode last week. Yeah, because we we said some not nice things about him when he went on a tweet rampage yeah. about Steven Destroy podcast. Yeah, um, and how how we'll never be. Uh, the apprentice what the fuck? <laughs> the apprentice yeah okay i was gonna say another podcast but <laughs> yeah we'll never be uh uh the jre or uh or, oh, or, yeah, or wtf <laughs> we'll, we'll never uh we'll never live up to such giants as 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 rogan and Marin. yeah um, he said we could never get alex jones on the show yeah let, not, let alone once uh not not even twice uh like yeah. like um our competitors because we are in of course direct competition do you want to try and podcast. get Alex Jones on the show? Well, we would have to pick the right movie. Um. You don't think that... Do you, here, here's my question for you yeah. before we call it a day. Yeah, you know what? Let's get into this. And, and I'm being 100% dead serious, and I want your honest answer. Okay. Do you think we could get Alex Jones on the show? My 100% honest answer is no. Really? But I bet that... Now, let me, let me, let me change the parameters real quick. Yeah, sure. Not us personally. Let's say that we had a little bit more uh, know-how yeah. and a little bit more reach, mm-hmm. uh, although we do have the most <laughs> rabid fan base on the internet. Yeah. It's crazy how it's um, grown. Yeah. They call us the next Bernie bros. Yeah. <laughs> um, if we had a little bit more reach, a little bit more contact, and the ability to get in touch with Alex Jones mm-hmm. and break that barrier, yeah. do you think we could get him on the show? Um, that was a long pause. Yeah, because I'm taking it very seriously. I, I think I think I think that if we could get in contact with him and pitch it to him, I think we could get him on. But we'd have to I agree. we'd have to pitch it the right way. We'd have to tell him that we were going to do a movie, one of these movies where it's really Steven Seagal versus like like uh, some sort of government threat. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. So if we did something like um, uh, fucking hard to kill. Uh, or above the law, or above the law, or under yeah. siege, or out for <laughs> justice. <laughs> or, um, but yeah, if we got one of those ones that was specifically like, "Hey, there's a corrupt congressman in this movie, and we, yeah. we want to talk about it." Um, yeah, that'd be our the best one where bet. Stephen fights the lizard people. Yeah, of course, of course, where where Stephen fights the deep state. Um, yeah, that'd be our best bet. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna work the best I can yeah. to get Alex Jones on this podcast. Yeah. And we'll uh, we'll see what happens. All right. That's that's my vow. Not I'm not vowing I'll do it. Yeah. Because I don't know, but I but vow and I will try. try. Yeah. And I'm I'm being 100 percent serious. Yeah. Well, we're 100 percent ready for it. Here it's okay. Steven's I don't know if that's true. Yeah, that's but... that's ab- objectively not true. Um. <laughs> I'd say that nobody has ever once in their life been ready for Alex Jones. <laughs> I am very excited for us to record our lost episode of Stephen Destroy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, uh, if we don't get him, then we'll, we'll just have to have me impersonate him for an entire episode. All right. I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. Of course you are. 
<laughs> well, why would I not be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, I mean, you're not the one that has to do it. Well, can you I've got do a, it? I've got to play two. I got to play two characters the whole episode because I'm oh, of you, course doing a, a voice uh, every episode. So you would you would still be yourself, but also do Alex Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you would it would just be me and Alex Jones. I'd be like Dylan couldn't make it today, but we brought in the, his second stringer. Yeah. Well, I think Alex Jones. I think either option is good. I think there's some workshopping to do in this uh the, this segment, but I think that Well, no, I think it's way more impressive if you are alternating between yourself <laughs> and Alex Jones. But my question is, can you do a better Alex Jones than your Steven Seagal? Maybe. I think well, I think I've had my moments. You you have to show it now. You have to prove it now. <laughs> oh God, man! But I have to like do. I have to like yell. Do, do, <laughs> step away from your bike, and do do our sign off. But as Alex Jones, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do Alex do our, our sign off as Alex Jones? Oh man, I don't know. I, I I think I'd have to. I think I'd have to do a real Alex quote to like get the get the voice, or like even get an attempt at the voice. Okay, we'll do a real a real Alex Jones quote. Don't call him Alex by his, just Alex. Don't address him only as Alex on the show ever again. Did I say that? Yeah, you just called him Alex. Oh well, um, of course my last name is is, uh, is is Jones as well. So I like to do my my bit that he's my oh, long my. lost uncle. Yeah, every single time you do that bit, I go, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm like oh yeah, Uncle Alex. Yeah, it's, every uh, time you do that, I, I, I and I'm not I'm not joking. Every single time you do that, I just think you're calling him Uncle Alex, like kind of just as like a funny thing. Yeah, and then I Uncle remember Sam your last name, <laughs> and then and then I'm just like, oh yeah, that's true. Every single time. Yeah, um, yeah. I hope the audience uh, shares that sentiment with you. Uh, well, I don't think they've heard it before. Well, they have now. And we also like half the time don't even remember to introduce ourselves. So there's a very good chance that you've never said your last name on this show. That's true. I noticed that I had said yours today, so I felt like I had to I had to throw mine. You in. said my name? Yeah, I think I did. Twice. When? Why? I don't know. Oh, I it was it was when we were doing your top five Rob Schneider movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> so well James Barrett's once top again, five. Not true. Yeah. But well, we'll leave that to the to the critics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um Boy, we've talked a long time about Alex Jones. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like a little little stinger. We ended the podcast and then we did our ten minute, yeah, our ten minute Alex Jones check yeah, in. Ten minutes, Alex Jones bit. Um, honestly, man, there's there's a there's a quote of his that is like long since been my favorite, and I can't remember what it is right now. So I think it's just I think it's You're just, getting stage fright. Yeah, I think it's just not meant to be. All right, well, I'll do the Al- <laughs> the Steven destroy Alex Jones update next week where you then have to do an Alex Jones um, impression. That'll be the whole segment. It'll be an update on whether or not you've remembered your Alex Jones quote. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm really quite bummed that I can't think of it now, but... Um, nah, it's all good. Maybe it's for the best. Maybe, maybe it really is. Maybe it's for the best. Um, you know what it is? is like, I, think I've, I think I've like tried to prepare myself to do Steven, and like now, now, you're, now, you're, now you're telling me to do Alex Jones. I'm like, what the fuck's going on, man? Uh, it's real, well, do, it's real do, do, do Alex as Steven. <laughs> I just called him Alex. Yeah. So we got to be careful because we don't want to come off like we're, um, you know, endorsing. <laughs> That's why you can't have him on the show because everyone got mad at Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, they did. And people got mad so. at Me- Megan Kelly too. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't. Oh well. You can't. Well, there's a lot of reasons. Be, it's, it's, point being, you got to be careful with Alex. He's yeah. uh he's a hot, well, we hot potato. We're not, we're not calling him Alex on the show. That's a hard rule I've made. Yeah, and immediately broken. 
Uh, I know. Well, the, but... we refer to Stephen Seagal as Stephen all episode. Yeah, but it's it's different. Is it? <laughs> yes, it is. I don't know, man. All right, we're not having Alex Jones on the show, <sighs> but we will have somebody doing an Alex Jones impression for an entire episode. Maybe it's Dylan. Maybe I'll hire an Alex Jones impersonator. We'll see. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But we're not going to have Alex Jones on the show. Yeah. Um, I vow. I vow right now. Yeah. Because I know the rumors have been swirling. Yeah. Everybody's been talking. Are they going to get Alex Jones on the show? Um, Because we're live streaming this now. So the message boards on the Steven Destroy forum have already gone wild. We're getting canceled as we speak. It's an unfortunate situation for everyone involved. Yeah. Okay, let's let's get out of this. <laughs> let's go home, man. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Hey, at least you're home. Actually, <laughs> that's that's true. Um, All right, let's bounce. Let's end okay. it. Okay. Bring it on home. If by some uh, fucking miracle you're still listening, um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks for checking it out. And as thanks to our our one listener, yeah. our one loyal fan. Yeah, yeah our one Bernie bro, <laughs> Alex Jones, <laughs> Uncle Alex. <laughs> um. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> that should be our new sign. <laughs> yeah, just I'm not even gonna do it. Thanks for listening, motherfucker. No, you have I'm to done. do it. No. Oh, all right, do it again. <laughs> do it again. Thanks for listening, motherfuckers. Why don't you take your lively chubby ass and get the fuck off my car? I'm starting to get scared. I'm starting to get scared. <laughs>